Welcome to Visma Ski Classics podcast, Livigno to Levy. Visma Ski Classics is the long distance ski championships with 12 pro tour events and 35 pro teams, bringing professional and recreational skiers together. We will analyze the events on the tour, portray the legends of the sport, and help you to become a better skier. Welcome to a new episode of Lavinio to Levy. Today we have an awesome guest and he has skied 472 kilometers in 24 hours, which is much longer than anyone else on earth. He's also a member of the pro team Nordic Athletes. Welcome Hans Manpa. Thank you. Thank you. Nice, nice to be here. We were supposed to do this interview last week, but you emailed me and said you had a really bad sore throat. Are you healthy now? I'm not uh, healthy yet, but uh, I feel much better now. Yeah, it's, uh, I got uh, tested positive for Corona last week, so uh, I'm sitting in quarantine now in my caravan on my uh, backyard at the moment. <laughs> oh, uh, how is life in... In a in a caravan in your backyard. <laughs> uh, it's uh, it's uh, it's actually nice now, but uh, it's uh, I have uh, watched a lot of Netflix films and uh, old film clips from Sapporo and uh, yeah, every ski race I can find on YouTube. So, <laughs> what are you yeah. watching on Netflix? Is it also sports? Uh, no, it's uh, a lot of uh, documentaries of uh, drug drugs and uh, stuff like that, who is interesting me. How many elite athletes, uh, they're going crazy when they're sick and they can't work out. How do you handle it more than watching movies? <laughs> uh, I, I also get crazy, but uh, it doesn't help. It's just to chill down, chill down and... Uh, Especially now when I can't go, I can't go in inside to see my family. I'm here all by myself in my in my camping van. So, so, so for yeah. how long are you gonna sit there? <laughs> I have been here for a week now, and uh, I have to be uh, that day when I feel that I don't have anything more sickness in me. Then I still have to be here in two days. So. Uh, it's Thursday now, I think, uh, until Sunday. So how do so, you, you you cook there? You get lots of food in there, and you're. <laughs> no, actually, my uh, children uh, or girlfriend uh, are bringing me food outside so you, into my camping van. So, so you're like a prisoner there. Yes. <laughs> uh, in April in 2018. You did this world record in 24-hour skiing. Can you take us through that very day, like from the beginning uh, to the end? What, what what time did you start? Yeah, I I started at 10 o'clock in the morning, and uh, it was a little too warm that day. I think it was. Uh, around uh, two minus at the start. So I had that feeling already at the start that it's not gonna be the perfect, perfect condition for this attempt today. But 
What, what kind of course? So you were in in uh, it was in conjunction with Ulles Levy, and you had a, a short course down there. Yeah, it was a short course. It was uh, it was a good course with a a little uphill, but uh, after afterward I had can say it was not the the best course because of it was a, a very after the hill, downhill there it it came a, a curve which was too it take, took a lot of speed you have to stand up in the in the hill, downhill there so it was not the best course to do it on to do to try to to ski as fast you can so if i do it the other time i will i will do a better course it was not the best but so the three of you started out there was Daniel Strand and uh, yes. and Timo Virtanen and you. Yeah, and then, then what a, a girl also, Anne uh, Anne Anne Angeria. Okay. And, and yeah. did you four of you stay together? The plan was uh, that we 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 all stay together at the beginning, and uh, but. Uh, Pretty fast, Daniel set up a kind of that pace that Timo got in trouble. Yeah, I think it was on the first hour, and uh, also I I have trouble in the first two hours. It uh, it was a too fast pace for for me also. But I tried to stay with Daniel, but he got I think he got a, a loop loop on me there, and after two two or three hours. So, like, what kind of heart rate do you have those two hours when you you, you think you're going a little too fast? What do you use yeah, a heart rate monitor? It, yeah, I used it, and it was uh, it was uh, same heart rate as every competition I do in winter. It was 170, and I have I have a max heart rate on 119, so it was pretty pretty much the max from the start for me. Oh, so you were like 20 beats from your max in the first two yeah, hours? When yeah, you, when yeah. You... less than that, less than that. Oh. And Daniel starts to skating and uh, I still tried to stay with him, but then uh, then after... Oh, so he, he, then... he did skating and you did double pulling? Yeah, yeah. We are, from beginning when I, I, Timo called me and asked me if I want to join this, then I I say to him I join if everybody stay with the double pooling and that was the plan that everybody should stay with the double pooling and that, that's what I thought when I come to the start but after two or three hours Daniel starts to skate and it, it was then when he got the the, the loop for me when I I just think no, no I can't I can't stay in that space so uh, I just thought that it's 22 hours left it's not it's not a hurry. And, so, and what did you eat during the day here? I most I eat just uh, sports drink and uh, chocolate. That was every twenty minutes. I I I took a, a drink of sport sport drinks and uh, every twenty minutes for that I took a Snickers chocolate or something like that. You ate something like. Every twenty minutes, but did you also have a big meal during the day? No, no, not not big meal at all. It was just the the chocolate and uh, some peanuts, but uh, it's mostly it was skill and uh, chocolate. 
Nothing don't, else. Don't you get tired of that? <laughs> yeah, of course. Of course you get tired of it. But uh, it worked for me, so I didn't try anything else. So, so, so what what happened b- between all of you? Like, when, how long did the other skiers last? Uh, I think uh, Timo was, uh, but he d- didn't ski at all with us. But he 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 skied to seven seven or eight hours, I think, something like that. But uh, but he got looped by us many times, so he just he did ski by himself. But uh, I and Daniel Daniel was with me. Uh, I think it was. To twelve, twelve hours, something like that. It was, it was to the to eleven o'clock at the night, I think. But so you skied together until he dropped out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All time together. When he, when he got the loop on me, then we skied together. Until then, then he got some trouble with his hand wrist or something like that, uh, Daniel. So, so you skied by yourself. For twelve hours, then. Yeah, pretty much, pretty much. I got some. Uh, I got during the night. I got some help from uh, I think uh, Bob Impolacomo was there for skiing for with me with one hour, and uh, also Lindvall Kristoffer. They it they was watching on TV. We have a live stream, and then they saw that I was all by myself. Then they come there for some hours to help me on the night but pretty much the all the night i was all by myself until the team came was it six six o'clock in the morning there oh so you mean you were totally by yourself yeah yeah so no one yeah i have yeah i have some all the time i have a it was two from my team there to feeding me and stuff like that when Mm. i also they have prepared the skis for me so I mm. could change every hour mm. so it was two at least two from my team all the time there just to give me food and skis but uh, during the night uh, I was pretty much skiing by myself what but were you thinking? <laughs> uh, yeah. I also have think that afterwards what were I thinking? I don't know I think nothing <laughs> it was it was uh, was it? Yeah, it was Tuesday. It was also in Levis all time the party. So it's during the night. It's come all the drunk people around there and uh, and cheering me. So it was yeah. It was all the time. It was somebody there. But four o'clock at there, everybody who came from the Hulopor come by there and just cheering for me. So it was it was nice. I've seen a picture of your toe, which is uh, doesn't look that nice. W- w- when mm. did you realize that this is it's cold for my feet and this is might not be very good? Yeah, it was during the night when uh, it's starting to get cold. It was on the day there. It was ten degrees at plus, so my feet gets really wet there on the day so then in the night when it starts to go on the minus degrees then the wet gets gets very cold and that then i realized that it's gonna be a problem but i did the thought about to, to stay and uh change shoes but then i i 
uh, I took a decision uh, I wouldn't do that because uh, every time when I took my shoes off, when I come in uh, finish at Red Bull or something like that, I, I have such a pain in my every foot and so I didn't take the risk to take my shoes off so I I just took the decision I'm gonna ski with these boots to the end and I think that was the right decision. How is the toe now? It's good but uh, it could be better but it's not a problem with it. So yeah, it, it uh, on the boat toes. It uh, really don't uh, any nails. It, it nails they grow there, but uh, when they are grown, they go, they f- fall off every all the time. So it's, but it's not a problem yeah. for me now. It was the first first year after it was problem. Then I I I feel a, fr- a froze and first winter after I have problem with it. But at, now it's not a problem at all. How did you feel when you finish that race or a race about the, the adventure? <laughs> uh, yeah, it was. Uh, of course, it was nice. It was very emotional when uh, I heard the signal. It's now, now it, it's it's finished. Then I just fall fall apart there, and yeah, it was an emotional time for me. It was so hard to believe, mm-hmm. but now. Now I don't have to ski anymore. <laughs> you came there and you took this world record, uh, but your like your road to success in the ski tracks has not been totally straight. Uh, you grew, grew up. It's called a Lestadian home. With yes. Twelve siblings, or you were twelve kids. Yeah, we were twelve kids. Uh, ten, uh, ten boys and two girls. How was that to grow up in a family like that? Yeah, it's uh, yeah, it was it was nice, but it also was uh, hard. But uh, yeah, it's nothing was for we at we uh, we didn't much of sports when we were young, so we we were not allowed to to compete or do anything like that. So that was maybe the sad part of it, but mm. so. But yeah, but it was also nice to have a lot of lot of lot lot of uh, brothers with you all the time. You have always friends to play with and uh, stuff like that. But how were were you interested in sports, even though you you weren't allowed to do it? Yeah, of course. I always have been interested in sports. So in school, uh, I played a lot of hockey, but uh, we weren't allowed to be with any. And the others can play, so we just play by ourselves there on our in the hockey rink down home there. But we di- we didn't get to go in in any team, so it was just playing around with ourselves and our friends. A lot of hockey and some skiing when we was really young, but nothing else. Yeah, and some skiing, uh, yeah. some skiing could be seventy kilometers when you're twelve years old. Yeah, yeah, it could be, and it was that for me also. Uh, up to, till that age, we had a, a, a scooter loop who come by our house where I lived. It was 35k the, the loop. I, I remember I have skied for two two loops one day when I was 12 years old, 
So yes, we did we did skiing, but it was just some adventure skiing in the backyard of our house, if I call it like that way. You did such a long ski when you were so young. You think you're you're born with that twenty four hour mentality, or is that something you developed during when you were little? It was not me. It was all all of us down. All my brothers. I think it was some competition between us. Everybody in our family have done that. I think. We, we, oh really? We, yeah. I, we, we, it was like an adventure for us. We took uh, the food with us, and we were all all out all the day at that age. So we we didn't have anything else to do. We we that was the thing we 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 were allowed to do, their home, go out and skiing all day. But so at that time we did it a lot of that. I think also my brothers. It was some competition between us, how how which of us managed to do the most. But but you couldn't compete. You you weren't allowed no. to compete. But... No no. Do you, what about your siblings? How much do they ski? Uh, uh, not much. Uh, at that time, uh, yeah, now now later, they I think most of them have now done the waterloped. So yeah, everybody in our families has skiing, but not on on this level which I'm skiing in. But uh, we have been a lot of our. I think we were seven brothers one year at the same time on Vasaloppet. So we have spoken about it to to try to get everybody, ten brothers. I think that will be will be some kind of record at Vasaloppet <laughs> if we we could manage to get all, all ten brothers on the Vasaloppet. But you can we have still two teams have that. To in the relay also on Friday. Yeah, yeah. It's go up and down. Everybody are in the different uh, in the family situations and stuff like that. So, yeah. But <clears throat> there was a time between you were a little kid skiing and uh, now when you're 40 years old and skiing and uh, everything didn't. Uh, yeah, what happened really when you were grown up and could take your own decisions? Yeah, it, uh, yeah. I think it's everything started when uh, I come to that age of 15 when you're starting to grow up and you're starting to question everything around you. Why can, why can I do that and stuff like that? And uh, that's when it's turned to go the wrong way for me. So uh, when I was 15, I started to drink a lot and uh, hanging out with other friends, and uh, I just wanted to see something something else what I was not allowed to see before. So so it started to go that way, and uh, after uh, I have done the military in Finland when I was 80, and uh, then when I was in the military, I took the decision I don't. I don't uh, move home now. I want to do something else, so I took the decision to go move to Oslo. So when I was 1920, I moved to Oslo. Work and explore, world, see other thing. I come from a very small town here, so it's uh, <laughs> it's nothing much to see here where I live. Yeah. 
And then with all the partying, like, how did you handle it? Yeah, I I moved to Oslo with that uh, in my mind. I'm gonna try everything, and uh, that's what the thing what's happened. When you have that mind, you are open for everything, and I was open for everything. So I did a lot of party, but I did also much work. I worked, and uh, on the weekend I really, really a lot of party with all drugs. Mm-hmm. Everything was came into me. That's what kind of person am I? <laughs> for, for how long would you say you were an addict with drugs? I, I wouldn't say uh, that I was a drug, drug addict. Uh, I was uh, a party boy <laughs> who <laughs> who just liked to party a lot and with with everything. But at uh, that, that time, I wasn't addicted. I when I moved to Oslo, I moved there and I gave it two years. I'm gonna live here for two years. And that's what I did, and I have the plan that when I move back, the drugs, they 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 stay in Oslo. That was my plan. So, okay, when I moved home, it's the plan didn't didn't hold. So yeah, in some way I was addicted to it. To it. So, so for some years when I moved home, also the drugs was in my life. But how so. how did you get out of it? I think so. Turning bad for me here. I, I realized itself that I moved back and I get to back to work with my brothers who have a, a, a company here, building company, and uh, I realized that uh, I couldn't handle my job very well. So uh, at some point I come to that that now I have to now I have to do something with my life. Mm. So that's when I starting to running a little things like that uh, this summer you were like a summer speaker for the swedish Ule, like the the mm. public uh, radio and tv station in finland yes. that since yes. you're you speak swedish and you you had a, a very interesting program there you talked for like 25 minutes about your pretty much about your your life and how you got a skier and you mentioned there mm two reasons that you that happened like two specific uh, things that happened that made you stop could you do you remember what you said there yeah i think one of them was uh, when i was working then i almost uh, it was a slippery day on a, a, a big roof when we did a renovation and uh, I got to work and I was still high at the moment, and uh, it was pretty close that <laughs> I slipped off the roof. And if if I didn't have a catch me, and <laughs> then I, if I had fall there, it's I would die on the, <laughs> the same time. It's it, that was a summer kind of wake up for me. That now I have to really <laughs> do something. That that was one of the. Uh, reason when I started and also I have a health problem all the time during that time with my back and things like that so I was uh, very often uh, on uh, sick and couldn't even get to work of of two three months because of my back was so bad and everything that came from my lifestyle so it's it was Pretty much those two things who come to that now I have to really 
do something with my life. So, so when I looked up at Vasalopet, I saw the first time you did it was in 2011. It was also your first Vismaski Classics race. Was that like the time when you started to to work out a lot more when you were must be 31 or 32 or so? Yeah, I have started earlier. I think I did a Stockholm marathon in 2005. Okay. So it 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 was in that point when I have have starting to take do something with my life. I I bet with my friends to do a marathon. At, I, 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 I I remember the bet was that I I can do a marathon under three and a half hours, and I didn't have done any running when I did the bet. So I did the bet and I end up doing. 325 i think in stockholm so mm-hmm. i but i was still uh, still a smoker at that time okay. so it's 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 pretty much from that it starts with a bet with my friends of running it really doesn't start that much it was uh, some kind of running and with i did some marathons but uh, the skiing starts there in 2009 i think or something like that yeah. uh- <clears throat> and then you did a few Vasalopet and Marchalonga, uh, uh, like between up to 2016 or so on. You were pretty good and then you're starting to get better and better. And now you're like top 50 many times. How <clears throat> to get there from a, a smoker and, and your back problems and, and uh, parting too much and suddenly you're uh, an elite skier. How like... How much did you train to get there? In the beginning, I think I from the start I didn't write down my hours at all. I didn't have any plans. I just was a skier who who did all training all by myself, everything too fast, like every amateur do. That <laughs> you have to be tired when you come home. That was pretty much my training philosophy at that time. So I think the first years when I did do my first Vasanopet, my hours was around 300, I would think. Then in, uh, was in 2015 when, uh, this I guess now, but uh, something at that time I meet uh, Niklas Koliander, he did her first Vasanopet, one of the Finnish Finnish skiers, so he, then I meet him, and then after that he starts to do with me training programs. So the, at that time it came more professionals, my training, but he was with us just one year, and after that. But then I get some something from him how to train, so it's from that it's starting to, to get better. Now my training hours are between eight or and nine hundred. Even some years it have been nine hundred fifty. But how, how, what kind of training did you do to make the twenty-four hour? Uh, no, nothing special. I I did some uh, some uh, on the weekend. I did some one hundred k and one hundred twenty k. I think two or three times I did it before, but I don't think it's necessary. You just get tired of it. Yeah. But it's good for your mind. That's that's for sure. But not for the physical training. I don't think you have to do it. What about more, energy? More, more, more for your mind and yes, 
to train to eat and things like that. Talking about eating, do, did you do any training the, with like low energy to simulate when you get tired? All the time. That was the part of the, my time. I uh, tried everything to to lose weight. So, so I uh, all my training session, long session, I I did go out with empty stomach, and I didn't have anything with me. I have even tried to try to go out empty Sunday morning. Don't drink anything. I didn't even take with me water and and do, did it that for six hours. So. I have try try everything to 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 push the body. That's tough. Even Six hours empty. without water or anything. Yeah, on on summer, on a hot summer day, six hours without anything. Did in the you, morning. Did you also try like fasting, not eating for a day? Yeah, yeah. I have uh, all the year before the twenty-four hour races. I have. The, I didn't eat anything after uh, my uh, long session on Sunday, and uh, often I don't, didn't eat nothing before Tuesday morning. So I was uh, one and a half day without food. What's the longest you've tried training and not eating? Uh, Eleven days. I did it once. Eleven days? Yes. What What happened to your body and your mind when you do thing <laughs> like that? It. Uh, it's starting to get getting better day after day actually it's uh the hardest part is it's good it's uh, it's not a problem when you are in work and you come home and you train you have your schedule down you you just have the bottle of water you are work you have a little break take drink some water and come home drink and go and go off for training but uh the problem end up it when uh, in the weekend when you are not in the work. That's the real when when I get in trouble. So it was that that when I were home, go out for training and what what do you do be, between the training usually you eat. So uh, it was that I get I I I get some trouble and uh, every time when I went to sleep and get up, it's it's. <laughs> Uh, it get dark, and I, uh, in the end, I felt, felt, felt to the floor, and that my then my girlfriend. Oh, you passed out. Yeah, I passed out <laughs> in the end, and I scratched my hair in my head, so I, it's starting to bleed here. So that's when my girlfriend said to me, "It's is it this little crazy?" Now it. So in this podcast, should, should <laughs> yeah, we interview. Uh skiers in this podcast that are pretty crazy but i think you are like three levels above everyone else <laughs> um so yeah. are you um the olympic stadium in helsinki they're gonna have snow uh this winter and i know that like the people that work there want that you should do a 24-hour attempt there in, uh, mm. in the middle of the winter will, will that mm. happen unfortunately not Okay. Or uh, it would happen if the the event goes, but uh, the event is cancelled. All the Helsinki ski weeks. Oh, so okay. It would Be- not happen. Yeah, because because of, because of the corona. Yeah. So it did, they took the decision uh, weeks ago. So. But the plan was to do it. I have prepared for that all the summer, but 
so you are you have prepared for the 24 hour event and now yeah, it's cancelled yeah I have done it the summer so, so I have done training for that so and that means but you have done 6 hour workouts without water this summer as well no no it's not this time I, <laughs> I, I this this time I would try it with try to learn how to eat right on my session so this actually is the first summer I have taken uh, energy on my workout i never had done that before i just every time i just had water but this summer i have training with morton gills and every every session so i i i will try it that way this time so let's take a few short questions or like questions mm. with short answers what's your occupation patient what do you work with I'm a builder, constructor, worker. And what's your education? The same. <laughs> <laughs> and your family? I have two. I have a girlfriend and four girls. Um, where do you live? In uh, Jakobstad, Finland. And do you know your VO2 max? Uh, not really. What I could say, it's uh, it's low. It's uh, about seventy something. And what's your favorite movie? I don't have any movies. I don't watch movies. Uh, mostly series and things like that. What's your favorite series? Oh, <laughs> uh, what could I say? No, uh, 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 Sulcidan. Sulcidan, Swedish. <laughs> yeah. Um, what's your PR in three thousand meter running? Uh, bad. Nine. Uh, Nine forty-six. And ten k. Ah, I haven't done it on a uh, fifteen years. So, <laughs> what's your favorite type of music? I, I don't have any favorite. I, I don't listen to music music at all. I, if I listen to something, I have a pod or just a radio station in my ear. So, it's... what po- podcast do you prefer? Most of uh, the time, I every week I hear NRK, Hidet Langelöp and uh, stuff like that, and also with my Ski Classic pod, and yeah, it's a uh, it's sports pods for the most. Have you tried five thousand meter skier? Yes. To PR. Uh, sixteen thirty-eight. And and sixteen thirty-eight, and your weight is. It's uh, seventy-seven. And bench press? What's your personal best there? I haven't tried it. It's not that's that's my weakness. I I hate uh, I hate uh, weight training. <laughs> <laughs> What's your favorite type of food? Uh, fish. And your fish. favorite workout? Uh, swamp training. Oh, running in in a swamp. Yes. With poles. Yeah. How could a workout like that look like? Just running around for a little while, or intervals, or intervals? Yes, intervals. Yeah. What type of intervals in the swamp? It uh, depends. It could be seven times four minutes in a three soon, or uh, it could be three times ten, forty, twenty. Is what? What kind of workouts don't you like? Your hate? No, it's 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 the weightlifting. Yeah. yeah. 
<laughs> I hate them. Yeah, but if it's, it's some training, I I don't find time for it to do. It's that time of training to do. So mostly, I yeah, I I didn't do any workout until two years ago. I start to go at the gym, so it haven't been been on my priority to do. How often are you in the gym now? One to two times in week, depend uh, depend if it's season. I think it's one on season, and in the summer, two two to three times. You you train a lot. I mean, nine hours, nine hundred hours or so per year, and you mm-hmm. still have uh, full time work, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, yes. And family and four kids. How do you like? How does a day look like when you're not in a, in, a, in a caravan? <laughs> How's it Wednesday yeah, look like for you? No, often I, I when I at work, pretty much I work not from home. I uh, so uh, often in the week I'm not at home at all. I work from uh, Monday to Tuesday, and then I come home on Tuesday evening, and then I'm home from that to to Monday morning. So uh, that's why I I can train a lot also well, even if i do long work days when i'm when i'm gone from home i i do 12 hours in work so i can be free on friday and spend time with my family also a longer weekend but uh, and that's times then i have all from monday to tuesday i just have all my just myself or everything so i can you, you mean on one training. day one day till t- thursday monday to yeah i uh, i just have myself yeah. so uh, i can stay focused on training and working there so i i try to do a lot of training even if i i do long work days so i i i often go up uh, in four thirty in the morning and i do a running session before i go to work and then i quit at work six o'clock and then i do my my training, my real training. You you must ski a lot with headlamp when you're roller skiing. Yeah, yeah. So when you're out working, you're not in Jakobstad. You're out somewhere else then, or? I, I'm I'm often I'm somewhere else. So I I, I live I lived in my suitcase. <laughs> That's a tough <laughs> one. in winter. I mean, to be out and working twelve hours and training. Yeah. What's yeah, your driving you are... force? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> to came better, yeah. I'm, I I like the situation how we sit right now. So, yeah. And your and your girlfriend, she lets you do it. Yes, she she uh, have let it until now, and uh, I, she do. Of course, she do a lot of the most job at her home. So her home. So at she's also a big part of it. What I have became to. So she. She is really nice. She is. I'm thankful for everything she does here, here at, at home. So, yeah. you're 40 years old now. For how long you think you can improve? When it's gonna turn like on the down? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's hard to say. It could be this season. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna try every year to be better. That's my that's my goal, and uh, I think uh, when the when the year came, when I can look back and say I can't get getting better, then I think I, yeah, 
I don't know. My friends say that they don't think I never will quit, but I think I will move on to some other thing else, like a triathlon or something like that. After, if I mm-hmm. when I come to that and I don't can be any better on skiing, so but compete in the, in your in your age, or do you mean an elite triathlete? I would try. Yeah, in my age group, of course. I hope I hope I will can stay on skiing until I'm fifty. So, <laughs> yeah. No. Uh, Anders Auckland said in this podcast, he said it, mm. it it's going well until forty four. Then it's getting harder. Mm. <laughs> so maybe okay. that's the magic age. So you have four more years. Yeah. No. No. Uh, yeah. But uh, Auckland, uh, he uh, have another trip. He he has done his better day when he was thirty years, and uh, I, I was not good at that age. So I I still can be better. That's I true. think some years. It it is true. So, um, yeah. Can you like? Can you be afraid of yourself at the point where, let's say, in two years from now, you, you realize, okay, I'm not going to get better in skiing. Mm. Do you, well, you mentioned triathlon, but can you get afraid of yourself that the life would be kind of pointless if you can't ski at this level anymore? Yeah, in some some way, yeah, yeah. I I, I need. Uh, I feel that I I I need something. I need something to do, and I need something to have a goal in my life. So yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't like my life if I just come home from work and I, I don't have anything to do when I come home. Come home and don't have any goals. So yeah, it scares me. <laughs> it it's. Uh, Right, right. When it's now, I have been here in the, in in my caravan for two weeks, and uh, that's uh, that's also scares me. Mm. I I love to go out training every day, so uh, mm. yeah. And to do that, I think I need to have some goals also. If we look at Visma Ski Classics, you have been around like you're often around forty or fifty or so. Your best is mm. uh, thirty six in Vasaloppet this year. Mm. Um, mm. It's your best overall. And uh, you have a new team now, Team mm-hmm. Nordic Athletes. With there's lots of men on the on the rooster. Can you can you <laughs> take us through the the family relationships with cousins and brothers and so on, <laughs> and, and tell us about the team? Yeah, of course. Yeah, we are uh, a lot of men brothers there, but uh, my brothers in the team is uh, Kim and Mats, and uh, Mats is. Uh, my older brother, and he is the one who is doing all the ski work, ski waxing, and things like that. And uh, Kim is the team manager, also my older brother. And I also work with them in my daily work. It's those two who have the building company. And then we have uh, Victor and Hannes, and uh, they are Mats's Mats's children. So uh, okay. Yes. Those are your so, uh, nephews. Yeah, it, it would be that, yeah. Yeah. So they yeah. also start skiing lately. They play football as they were a kid, but yeah. Uh, you also have recruited people from other places than Finland. Yes, we have a we have to, we have a, two girls from Sweden now, uh, Hedda Bongman and uh, Lin Samskar. And uh, then we have uh, also Morte de Pedersen in the team now, so it's 
really, really looking good for the next season. Really excited about it. What kind of goals do you have for the team? Yeah, for the team, yeah, for the team, the goals would be that uh, we will teams ending uh, in the team competition, top top three, and uh, also that Morten Morten's gonna take the champion this this winter. But Morten is always try- taking those climb points. Are you gonna stop him from that now? <laughs> uh, let's see. But uh, of course, it's the goal for Morten that he can take the yellow bib this year. Yeah. So we're gonna do all we might. Pass. I'm gonna try to help him out with that. And then we also have Nico Koskela, of course, from Finland. Don't forget about him yeah. in the team also. So are you the races? Pretty much now when the, it was cancelled, the 24-hour races. So, so now I think I would try to do as so much as I can. Yeah. What do you think about Vismaski Classics? Like how does? Uh, what's your relation to it? Really fun, fun circus. I, I really like it. Uh, when I started, I was an amateur, amateur, and it uh, was really nice to be on the same start as. Oakland, Petter, Elias, and I think it's that's the most good about it. That everybody, from depending level, can start on the same starting line as all the big stars, and that was the one of the reasons when I come here to it. It was really, really nice to be at the same start line as the big stars. So, yeah, I really like it, and uh, it's getting better and better all the organization and every competition and everything around about it so is there yeah. anything you would like to change in terms of number of races or length of races or what races I, they're in i would it would be interesting to start something like uh, in the cycling you have a week with races every day that would be something i would like and with no out. and with no food <laughs> that would be yeah. good for you. Uh, yeah. So you yeah. mean like I mean, uh, 50k five days in a row or so? Yeah, yeah. And then uh, it would be a lot of uh, tactics in the each competition, like it is in uh, Tour de France. Yeah. yeah. Where would that be? Yeah, a tour in Scandinavia or something. I don't know. Do you mean you take yourself from one point to the other, or you have a destination where you do different uh, races with start and finish at the same spot? Yeah, it could be, or uh, it could be, and like Ulla's Levy, you take it from another point to another, and next day you take it from Levy to that, and uh, so you do some, yeah, I don't know, but it would be nice to try some flat course and some hilly course one day, and Yeah. Okay, Hans. Uh, thank you very much for your for your time, uh, and uh, I hope you get better so you can leave your caravan, uh, <laughs> yeah. meet your family, and and train and so on. Yeah, I hope so. Thank I'm you. getting uh, I'm getting sicker here, but just <laughs> my back is really sore at the time, or all laying down in the bed here, so. Okay, get better and thanks and goodbye. Yeah, thank you. Bye.
This podcast is a W Sports Media production.